Jesus, we want to uh, thank you that you are big, you are powerful, you are knowing everything that's going on uh, in the whole world, but also in each of our lives. So, God, today I just want to thank you that this isn't a surprise to you. To us, it's disappointing and a bit of a shock, but to you, you knew exactly where we were going to be on the 18th of July, 2021. And Lord, I pray that as we hear your word, your word will just go into every part of our being, into our soul, into our mind, uh, into our thinking. Lord, I pray that um, we will just take what you have for us today and just settle it into the right, the depths, right into the depths of who we are, um, so that as we leave this place, we are so assured of your incredible love for us, your incredible presence with us, and your peace that just wants to flow over every part of us in our days. So God, I, I want to thank you. I want to thank you. You never leave us. We might be at home, some of us by ourselves, um, but you're there as well. So Lord, I pray that we will just really sense your presence. Lord, I pray for Andrew as he brings the word, uh, that your voice will be the loudest voice going out from here today. And Lord, our lives will be changed because of what you're doing in our life. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, and happy birthday to Melissa for yesterday. She loves it. Thanks. Lynn, happy birthday, Lynn. You said that. Awesome. Hey, great sharing. How good was that sharing time? You guys are amazing. Thank you, Sarah, for putting that together. And, um, you know, we know that the strength of longevity is relationship with Jesus and with each other. And that um, is obvious in that sharing of connecting and wanting to connect so stay connecting in whichever way you can find to do that at the moment we're believing this won't last forever and actually won't last too long at all and we're praying for that and believing for that um this morning i want to talk about when life gets hard well actually the hope we can find when life gets hard and um <clears throat> this week actually i think it was yesterday um i was reminded yet again how hard life can be and um, when years ago, um, when I came down from Queensland to Swansea and there's a Salvos Discipleship School, a school for youth leadership was called back then, we um, were part of planning Eastlake Salvation Army. And um, on the way to church, we, I don't know how she got connected, but this young girl called Melissa, um, not my Melissa, another Melissa, um, got connected to Eastlakes and we'd pick her up on the way, or she'd, she'd come out. And stand on the side of the road, we'd pick her up and take her to East Lakes each morning. And, and um, she was just embraced by the love of God's church at East Lakes Salvation Army. And, and um, gave her heart to Jesus and became part of the fellowship there. We, I remember going to her, I think it was an engagement party, married a great guy called Peter. And um, they had two sons. Last year, tragically, um, in a terrible swimming accident up at Fossa on holidays, their eldest son... Um, life was taken, he drowned. And um, yesterday was to be, would have been his 18th birthday. What do you do with that? What do you do with that? Well, we, we um, mourn with those who mourn, that's what we do. But in that, life, you know, if we, I know in me, sometimes I just expect life to be easy. Where do I get that from? And this week I was reminded of that, thanks to Joyce Meyer, and I'd never seen this before, and Adam, I will use it here, I wasn't sure where I was going to use this passage, but I'll use it in the intro. 
um, because this was a passage that Joyce was talking about. And in the NIV translation, um, it says, you know, the, the narrow gate and the broad way. But in the amplified version that will come up on your screen, um, you see that it says this, For wide is the gate, and broad and easy is the way that leads to destruction and eternal loss. Wow, that puts perspective on it, doesn't it? And there are many who enter through it, but small is the gate, and narrow and difficult is the way. You know what, I heard that Monday morning this week, and I went, oh, that's right. I forgot. That it was never promised to be easy. Life is hard. Sometimes life is excruciatingly hard. And I think, you know, we don't want to be pessimistic, but also we don't want to be too surprised when life gets hard. So this morning I want to talk about that, but more than that is not just coming into the reality that life can be hard and we can empathize with each other about that, but that Jesus came and can help us overcome and endure what is hard. So that's where we want to go this morning. But my first point is life is hard. I'm sure that's not a surprise to any of you, but I think like me, sometimes we kind of expect that it not be hard, as hard as sometimes it is. And we're sometimes shocked by this. And I remember um, John 16.33 says this, I've told you these things. This is Jesus, right? He's about to leave the earth. Bad enough. And he's trying to, I, I, he's genuinely trying. I, I think he generally knows what he's doing and encouraging the disciples, right? But he says this, as he's about to leave them, as he's about to go to the cross, and he says, in this world you will have trouble. Wow, like they needed to hear that at that point in time. But that's what he said. And you know what? Um, Jesus is talking about, you know, he talks about the Holy Spirit and giving them peace and my peace will be with you and this kind of thing. Um, and in the context of this chapter 16 and these verses around verse 33, the word peace is especially meaningful set in the context of conflict or you could say tribulation. And to overcome both speaks of the word when he says overcome, we'll talk about that in a minute, but speaks of battles to fight. He promises a peace which coexists with tribulation. You know what? Often, too often when I pray, I ask God to take away the circumstances. And that often isn't how God answers our prayers. Sometimes it is. But more often than not, he gives us his peace amongst the circumstances. He comes amongst the hard parts of life and Though those circumstances may not end when we want them to, or as soon as we want them to, or sometimes at all, he still comes and he can still bring peace. He can still bring joy. He can still bring comfort. And that's what this passage, this verse is talking about. That is, his promises a peace which coexists with difficult times and disturbances. A peace that is realized in and through conflict and struggle. What a great word. How's all right? Um, got a bit of feedback from my congregation of two people. Pretty exciting, really. Um, I remember in 1995, I first found this verse, and I was working for the Salvos down at um, Hawkesbury, and I was an assistant officer, even though I wasn't an officer. And it was a tough year. It was a lonely year. It was a hard year. There was a lot of new learning. And this was the verse. Someone, I remember going back home to Queensland and hanging out with Nambour Salvation Army on New Year's Eve, and the officer who was leading the sharing time on this New Year's Eve said, you know what, say something about your year. 
And straight away I thought, oh, my year can be summed up in this verse. Hard but good. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart for I have overcome the world. But it was so healthy for me to realize that, you know, heart is actually pretty normal in this world. I don't know where I got my expectation of it's supposed to be, shouldn't be this hard. Who said? Who said? So we accept, and I think it's healthy to accept without being overly pessimistic. Life's just as hard sometimes. It's just hard sometimes. But that takes us on to point two. Um, we want to get there because Jesus can help us overcome hard. He can help us overcome it. And as we've already spoken about, it says, But take heart, for I have overcome the world. And um, the word overcome can be interpreted overpower. How good is that? To overcome or to be victorious. Who wants to get the victory? You know what? That's sharing. So encourage me. Because it sounds like you guys are getting the victory. Even though this, there's hard parts to what's going on. You're getting the victory over this. You're seeing the positive. You're bringing God into the situation. And he's helping you overcome the difficulties of the current situation. Hey, that's what we're talking about this morning. Um, I love Colossians 2.15, and it says this. This is how Jesus overcame, right? Having disarmed the powers and the authorities, that's the spiritual realm. You know, that's the, the spiritual realm up there, not people, but powers and principalities. And it says he disarmed the powers and authorities, making a public spectacle of them, triumphing, triumphing, triumphing? That is a word. Over them by the cross. So he won the victory through the cross. Jesus said, you know, it's pretty, um, one commentator said this, that is pretty um, audacious because his word was spoken right. Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble, but I have overcome the world. It's audacious, this commentator says, because he said it before he'd won the victory. That's how confident Jesus was. Jesus, he, he suffered the pain of the humanness of the experience of the cross, right? But he also knew that he was going to win the victory. He says it here, I have overcome the world before he had. How amazing is that? And he did overcome the world through his death and resurrection. He overcame the world in three areas, not only through his death and resurrection, but also in his life. You know, he showed us how to live. He lived a sinless life. He showed us that he had overcome the world. Knowing that Jesus has overcome the world brings us good cheer. That's another word there for, but take heart. Be of good cheer. It's the foundation of our peace in him. We see that Jesus is in control. We see that although he leaves, he does not abandon. I read that, I thought, that is so good. Though he leaves, right, he doesn't abandon. And I, I believe that's true. Sometimes we don't feel God close. Sometimes people leave us. But God never abandons us. And I love that thought. We see that he loves. We see that the victory is his. We can be of good cheer. What I want to point out in this verse here is really interesting, right? I hadn't seen it until I looked at this again just the other day. And it says, in this world, you will have trouble. But he says, take heart. Because you have to fix it? No. Or you will get through it? No. He says, take heart because I. I love it. He changes the you. It's our trouble, but it, he's the one that overcomes. 
And so too often we think we've got to fix it or we've got to overcome and the focus becomes on the problem. You know what, the focus just needs to become on him because he didn't say we would overcome the world. He said he has overcome the world. And so when we join with him, which is my next point, when we, we overcome through being in relationship with him because it's his victory and we get the victory by joining with him. And coming into relationship with him. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, and you know, I've probably not seen this in the same context before either. That is really, this is a gospel statement. This is a statement to the unsaved and the unchurched. And I know that it's a, it's a, it's a comforting statement to those who are in relationship with Jesus. And we need to keep living by this. But he was really speaking to those who yet didn't know him. And he said, come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, and particularly in those days, he talked to some of the Jewish people who were burnt out. Message translation says burnt out, worn out on religion. He wasn't offering religion. He was offering himself. He was offering relationship. And he says this, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And here's the contradiction, right? It's not really a contradiction. We're talking about hard, but here it is. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. How can Jesus say that when he goes on later in his life in, in John to say, in this world you will have trouble. That life's hard. Because when we're connected with him, it gets a lot easier. The hard doesn't go away always. The circumstances don't always change. But we have someone to share our load. And when you study this verse, he takes the heavier part of the load as well. We're just in the party, friends. We're just in the relationship. Our job's not to fight the battle. Our job is to be in relationship with him and let him fight the battle. Too often we go in to fight the battle. Too often we go in to problem solve when we just need to turn to him, turn away from our circumstances and turn to him and he will overcome for us. And if there's some part we need to play, he'll tell us what to do. But too often we try to do too much ourselves and, and leave kind of Jesus in the back seat. And we wonder why it's harder, so much harder than it needs to be. Jesus summarizes this wonderful call with this assurance. The yoke is easy, the burden is light, because he bears it with us. Born alone, it might be unbearable. And you know what? I, I don't know how people live without Jesus, to be really honest. It says he born alone, it may be unbearable. But with Jesus, it can be easy and light. doesn't even mean our circumstances may change. But he brings he lifts, he helps us carry, and he carries the heavier part of our burden. Jesus invites us into a relationship with him through believing that he died on the cross, rose again, and asking him to be our Savior and Lord. And I want to move on this morning to kind of build on to that as we come into a relationship with him. And I encourage you to do that if you haven't already done that, because we can't fight battles by ourselves. It is too hard. But when we come into relationship with him, Jesus said, abide with me, dwell with me, hang out with me. It's my translation of that. And, and then he said, I'll abide with you. I'll hang out with you. We'll hang out together and we'll get through this together is his plan. But we're not meant to do it alone. And, and my last point this morning is that how we get the victory through this relationship. You know, that through Jesus, in our relationship with Jesus, we actually have authority in his name. And I'm going to read from Ephesians 1. I'm actually reading from verse 18 to 21. Um, 
up on the screen, just come part of that, but I'll read before and after it as well. And this is Paul's prayer for the Ephesians, right? And these were the spiritually minded people. They understood the heavenly realm. And um, he's saying this to them, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. The power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms far above. I want you to just remember that if nothing else. Far above. And you've heard me say this before. You know, God doesn't fight the devil. He's too big. God can squash the devil like we squash a bug. That's how much bigger he is. See, we get this weird idea from the good old yin and yang that there's this battle between good and evil and sometimes good wins and sometimes evil wins. Now, read the story of Job. It looked dark. It was hard. But God was always in control. God is always in control. He doesn't fight the devil. He sends his angels to fight the devil. He sends us to fight the devil in his name and with his authority. God is still in control. Amen. He, Jesus won the authority. He overcame and he is now far above any other power and any other authority. Hey, that gave me so much comfort this week. This, is, this actually message in some ways is a journey of my week. I'll expand that in a little bit in a minute. Well, why not now? During the week, um, I had a dream. I don't have weird dreams often, right? I had this dream that my family was with me within this house, and Becca said, oh, Dad, there's a scary man coming. And this is a dream, right? And then I saw what looked like a zombie coming towards me. I haven't had a dream like this for years, right? And then this thing was coming towards me, and I was in fear of my life, and I'm just in my dream saying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And as I said that, this zombie figure just faded, faded, faded. Then I woke up, and I was really aware of the spiritual realm. And from that day, you know, I've been saying Jesus a lot this week. Saying, Jesus, the Bible tells us to call on his name. And when I don't, haven't known what to do this week, I've started just, I don't know what to do, but I'm going to say Jesus. And I was driving back from Erina this week, and I was saying, you know, I was in, just working through some stuff and in my stuff, and I'm saying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And you know, you know why we sing songs in church? There's a few reasons. One is to worship God because he deserves it. The other reason is, and we sing them. You know, some people used to complain, oh, yeah, that song's so repetitive. You know why it's repetitive? Because we're so dumb. And we need to get it in our spirit. And I'll tell you why. Because as I'm driving back from Terrigal this week, and I'm saying, Jesus, Jesus, suddenly a song popped up and it's so old I thought it was a hymn. Well, it wasn't a hymn. It was probably from the, the Ainsworths when they were the officers at, at the um, Nambour Salvation Army. And I was a teenager. We used to have a scripture and song chorus time. And here was this song. And I looked it up. I thought, well, I thought it was a hymn. And, I, you know, you Google things these days. You go, where did I got one line of a song? What is that song? And it says, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's something about that name. Master, Saviour, Jesus, like the fragrance after the rain. This is a song that came back to my I hadn't heard this song, hadn't sung this song in probably 30 years, but it was sitting in my memory, it was sitting in my spirit because I'd sung it so many times when I was probably 15. King, and this is a part when, this is the next line I learned, I, I actually came back to my memory. 
because I, I got the line. I just started singing the one line as I do over and over. And then the second line came, kings and kingdoms will all pass away. You know, all the people in the world who think they have so much power today, it'll all pass away. But Jesus' power will never pass away. Kings and kingdoms will all pass away, but there's something about that name. Wow. Jesus is far above. Philippians tells us that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess, whether they want to or not. The day will come when every knee that has ever walked this earth will bow because Jesus is far above. Now, this, this week, I encourage you, to, if you haven't been already, to call on the name of Jesus and just see what happens. I want to finish this morning with this story, one of my favorite stories, and it came up in Nate's worship again today, some of these phrases. And it's out of Second Chronicles 20. I love this story because here's the people of Judah and, and God's people, and these armies were coming against them, and they knew they were going to get smashed, right? They knew this is going to be hard, real hard, probably too hard. And this is what they did. They came and stood before the Lord. They took their attention off the problem and put it on God. And it says, all the people, young and small, stood before the Lord. And they said, and they made a good confession. This is a good confession. You can make it. I've made it this week. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. What a great prayer. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And this is what the Lord said through the prophet as they fasted, as they waited, as they prayed. The Lord said to them, do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. What a word, eh? So he didn't deny it was a vast army. He doesn't deny it's hard. But he says, do not be afraid or discouraged for the battle is not yours but God's. I love that phrase. The battle is not yours. But God's, our job is to be in relationship with Jesus. His job is to fight our battles. I love that. It says in verse 17, you will not have to fight this battle. Hey, I'm up for that. I'm happy not to fight the battle. Why do I so many times? Because I get distracted by the problem and get my eyes off Jesus. When I need to get my eyes off the problem and back on Jesus. It says, take up your position. So he tells them what to do. They still had to go out. But you know what? When they obeyed him and they went out to fight the battle, when they got there, they found the guys had destroyed themselves. The battle was fixed without them having to fight the battle. And this morning, I'm, I'm praying for that for you, for me, for all of us. Not only this week, next two weeks, lockdown, but into our lives. That no matter how hard life gets, no matter how hard life is, that we'll go, you know, it's hard. But Jesus said, I have overcome the world. I have been victorious and therefore, when I'm in relationship with him, I get to share his victory. You know, it's like he's running in the Olympics. He wins gold, and I get to wear it with him. When he wins the race, we both get a medal. How good is that? I just have to be in relationship with him. So this morning, I want to make sure, I want to invite you um, to make sure that you're in that relationship. You know what? Get, we need to get our eyes off our problems. We need to get our eyes off our circumstances and not deny them. We're not denying them. We're just shifting our focus to he who has overcome. So I encourage you this morning to pray um, a prayer of just saying, you know, Lord Jesus, I, I need, I, 
I don't just need you to be my friend. I need you to be my best friend. I need to be aware that you want to be in my life. So I invite you into my life. I invite you to take the wheel of the car of my life. Take over. And um, you, you're not a control freak. You're not going to control me. But you're going to bring freedom. And you're going to bring peace and power and love and joy. Would you do that this morning? Would you pray that prayer? We're going to reflect on a song for a little while. The song is so perfect for the message. And Nate chose it even before he knew what I was preaching. But he chose it before I knew what I was preaching about. And so I believe God wants you to hear this song this morning and just re-surrender to him all your problems, all the hard parts, and remember that he will bring the victory. And it may not be a change of circumstances, but you are victorious in and through and over your circumstances in Jesus' name.